This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And welcome to the Guna Talk. Back in with you guys for another show for another episode of our Let's Talk Arsenal series. A show in which we look at the players, we look at the managers, we look at everything and just talk about anything to do with Arsenal, really. And specifically, our Tuesday, which has become Monday because of the England game tomorrow. So apologies if you are tuning in on Tuesday, expecting this to be there. We're doing it a day early because of the whole England game scenario where it's coming home. That's all you need to know about that game, obviously. Um, but we're doing it today. So we're going to talk about plenty of Arsenal transfer stuff. I'm joined by some fantastic expert members, which I'll introduce to you in a second. But if you could drop a like on the video, I really would appreciate it and subscribe to the channel if you're new around here. But let's introduce you to my guest. First of all, it's the man with the Photoshop skills. It's Vinny. How you doing, mate? Are you well? Are you good? Very well, thank you. And yourself? I can't hear you. Why can't I hear you? Why is it just me being slow? Oh, there we go. I can hear you now. Go on, keep going. Hear me. Yeah, no, yes. very well, okay. mate. Good stuff. How have you been dealing with the uh, transfer fiascos of late? Oh, it's just madness, isn't it? I, I, I don't use Twitter and stuff like that to get away from it. And even the Discord's just bombarded <laughs> with it at the moment with craziness. Yeah, I mean, that's why I call that channel the Transfer Chaos channel, because it's just it's just constant all day. We appreciate Bellagi in the chats, like the main man. He's just constantly sending through news all day long. He sends me DMs as well with some really funny stuff. Um, so he keeps on going. Fair play to him. We'll have to get him on the uh, on the show at some point. I know he's been avoiding it, but we're going to have to get him on. No, nah, he should do. Good, good analytical stuff he sends through as well. Yeah, some really good stuff. Really good stuff. Also joined by Kian. How are you doing, mate? Are you well? Are you good? Hi guys, yeah, good to be back. Thanks, Tom. Uh, no worries, well, mate. I will remove that thumbnail from your face in just a second. <laughs> just trying to avoid it for now. Fine. Uh, yeah. Also joined finally by Ludwig, who's making his debut on the show. How you doing, mate? Are you good? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. I'm good. Joining us from South Africa, right? Yeah, in the south. It's a bit cold down here, so... And you know Sasha Van v- Van Vyke? I'm going to say that so wrong. Yeah, but yeah you know Sasha. Yeah, Does that mean you, like... you know Yonick as well? Because Sasha knows no, Yonick in the chat. I don't, don't know, know Yonick. Sasha knows Yonick. Um, yeah, me and Sasha, we live very close to one another. Like, we usually watch football at each other's house. So, yeah, we know each other. But I don't know Yonick. Awesome. I mean, it's, it's it's probably a positive, mate. It's, I'm only kidding, Yonick. I'm only kidding. Anyway, um, we move forward and talk about, obviously, Arsenal's transfer. There's plenty of us to talk about today. There's only real kind of one place that we can start, though, because it's... I'm, no, I'm not expecting you guys to be knowledgeable of the ins and outs of Portuguese football, uh, specifically. But uh, interesting links to Benfica's 21-year-old, uh, Nuno Tavares, or Tavares. I'm going to have to get basically some lessons in pronouncing this guy's name now Vinny, uh, give it give it your best shot how do you think we're going to be pronouncing his name no clue no clue <laughs> <laughs> what do you think of the links though to a young 21 year old prospect portuguese left back um i think it's the right direction rather than signing like 
older players to come in and to do a job who aren't good enough. It's better mm. to be trying to sign potential that can break through. I am a little worried um, that some of the rumours that he's demanding to leave because he's not getting enough game time and <laughs> stuff like that. Is he going to be a player who's got the right attitude to come in? But it's, it's definitely the right approach to start bringing in up-and-coming players rather than signing older players like we did with Marion, like we did with Cedric uh, towards the end of last season, which... Yes, they, they fill in and do a job, but they're not going to improve the team. They're never going to get any better. So are you glad that kind of the Bertrand rumours died away and, and went away and we've actually instead gone for more of a, a, more of a younger profile? Yeah, I think, it, I think it makes sense. If you look at our transfer business over the last five, six years, we haven't made a profit off of any players. And that's mm. because we maybe because we've been looking at the wrong age range for players. We've got Tierney there. It's probably better to have a younger player who can come through and prove himself when he's injured. Fair enough, mate. I think it's a player that ultimately we're not going to know too much about unless we really study him. We are going to do a dedicated tactical breakdown, which we're going to try and give you some more insight on the player and find out a little bit more and obviously look at how his stats compared to some of the other players. But it's really difficult to kind of gauge this one because, and I'm talking, I will talk a lot more about this obviously on the tactical breakdown later, but the figures being touted around Kian are around kind of the 7 million quid mark uh, and then rising to around 15 million euros. Uh, that's a bit of a difference. You're looking at between seven and 12 million pound there. And if Arsenal are going to go for, say, a backup left back kind of position, I don't really want to see them spending low. So that kind of price tag makes me feel more positive about it. Does it feel the same way for you? Yeah, definitely. Definitely think so. Like, how many times have we put big money into a player and just flopped? Like, I know William was a free, but flopped. Like, Pepe, he's only starting to show now, and we paid £72 million for him. Um, mm. And I think with a player at the age of 21, you can't put a load, a load of uh, money into him if he's not proven, especially for, like, what Vinny said with the likes of him wanting to leave that helps bring the price down because, and I heard as well, I think from the Discord, that the fans don't want him there, which also helps the, us be with the price. So, yeah, I think it's a great, a great idea. And let's be honest, Tierney's our main man. He's going to be their left back. So we don't want to put loads of money into a player that's going to be sitting on our bench. We're not Man City. So, yeah, that's my way of looking at it. Ludwig, coming to you finally, you, I mean, Kean said they're hearing stuff like the fans aren't too keen on him, like they're happy to see him go. The, I'm not hearing too many great things about him from Portuguese football experts and stuff. That doesn't fill me with confidence. Um, but how do you feel about this deal? Yeah, well, from the stories of some of the things I've seen on the Discord chat, like the guy looks a bit like a strange character. And I'm worrying we might be making the same mistake that we made with Genduzi and players like that. So if he's going to have an attitude problem, yeah, he's young, maybe he can still fix it. But if he's going to come in with an attitude problem, I don't think that's the type of player we want to go for. I prefer him over like an older player like Bertrand because I mm. don't like Sally, uh, buying players at the end of their careers. I don't think it's smart to buy players like that. We've seen with Willian that it doesn't work out. So I would prefer um, buying younger players, but I don't I don't know the guy. Like I've never seen him play, so I don't yeah. really have an opinion on how good he is. But just from what I've heard from his attitude, I mean, if the fans don't want him, we already have problems with players we don't want as fans. So if it's going to be the same story, then maybe it's not a good choice. Yeah, no, I completely understand your point of view on it. And we, we, you'd hope that with the way that we see Arteta kind of assessing players and the fact he's trying to move on some of the, the worst characters from the group, that you wouldn't go and sign someone of that same kind of issue. And you would hope that clearly they've done their research and that he isn't actually like that. And maybe it's just a case of it's paper talk or misinterpretation of what he's like. Because it's very easy for players to kind of get a reputation, especially at a young age. And to shift that reputation is, is difficult. So maybe it's, it'll be a case of a clean shake comes into a new club, uh, a new country, and it's a completely different situation. But, I mean, what Vinny, you were talking about earlier, the fact that he wants to start, and we're basically signing someone to be a backup to arguably who is the best left-back in the Premier League alongside Andrew Robertson, is 
it's difficult to see how he's going to get many minutes. I mean, he has played at right back, interestingly, and I was looking at some of his games. He has actually played at right back, which is interesting to consider that we could have him as kind of a backup in that area too. But he seems very, very attacking. Do you, do you think there's... I don't know the right way to frame the question is, is around that, but do you think there is any kind of solace in the fact that uh, we know how Arteta kind of treats players with an attitude and surely they wouldn't be looking to bring in someone who is also a problem, you'd think? Um, hopefully, because I, I think one of the problems Arteta had was he inherited a team with a culture in the club that was quite toxic. Like mm. when, when he joined, the players basically had a revolt against Emery. And you could tell that because the team just didn't care. They didn't play for the badge and they wasn't playing for it. He's a new player. He's coming in and he's going to get game time, as like Brad Richardson said in the chat. Like Tierney is always injured. So you've got a player who's going to come in and get that game time. So he's going to get an opportunity. But yeah, Arteta our, our just needs to be strict with him from the start. And hopefully the culture that we build is going to make sure we sort out these sort of players going forward. I think it's going to be a really difficult kind of player to or position on the pitch to find the right type because to bring in someone that knows they're going to be a backup is a really difficult psychological situation for you. It's like we think of the 89 game, Liverpool going into that game knowing they can lose and still win the title. You can kind of draw those parallels of the player knowing that they're not going to get as many games at a club. Is it the right move for them? And you have to factor in all of those things. You have to question... Not the mentality of a player, but you, it'll be interesting to see if, say, we do sign the types of comments he makes in kind of the opening interviews as to how he sees his place. Is he going to want to try and compete for Tierney? Is he going to be aware of his situation? Those types of things will be interesting to read into should we get this done. Uh, as I say, we will be doing a dedicated tactical breakdown on him around 7 o'clock UK time with some expert insight from a uh, Portuguese football expert, so make sure you tune in for that. Um, but, Kia, moving on to some of the other areas, um, there were some other kind of rumours about the other sides uh, of, of kind of the pitch and right back situation the athletic reporting this morning that we're in for Sassuolo's uh is it Mulder um I think the Turkish uh young Turkish guy also in for Miguel Gutierrez 19 year old Real Madrid right back from the youth side now I'm not expecting you Kian, to be a massive expert on these two but what I will say is that neither of those two strike me as players that are significant upgrades upon Hector Bellerin. I know that you're a big fan of Bellerin, of course, but you've also kind of resided yourself to seeing him leave this summer. But for me, and I don't want to influence your opinion anyway, but for me, seeing those types of names is a little bit concerning for that position because I want to see Arsenal really go for a right back of real like kind of improvement on that position. How do you feel about us kind of pursuing those types of players? Oh, I'm so happy you asked me this question because uh, I was actually planning <laughs> on bringing it up anyway. Um, one thing for me is even Lamptey, he's not proven and we're trying to get him. I don't think he's an upgrade on Bellerin at the moment. Um, personally, I think it's a complete joke that we're thinking of sending Bellerin out on loan, especially with the targets that we're going for. Um, I think Bellerin deserves more respect when it comes to stuff like that. And that's why, again, he, what he does for this club um we can't bring that in with a player that doesn't perform better than him for me the two signings that i would go for if it wasn't for him is going back to max Ahrens and going back to emerson i think those two are definitely upgrades on bellerin but other than that there's no one that link i'm currently seeing arson linked to that is an upgrade on bellerin i think we should keep him if that's the case yeah, um, just a quick note. Uh, Gutierrez <laughs> is a left back. That's my bad. <laughs> I, just, I mean, I've literally never heard of the guy before this morning. And uh, I mean, I watched my fair chunk of Spanish football. And I genuinely was not aware of him. I sent a few messages out to try and get some insight from some Spanish uh, reports. But I think we're going to try and do a show on him later on in the week, at which point I will know the position that he actually plays. Um, when it comes down to kind of, uh, though, Ludwig, that, that position, it's. It's a strange one because we were linked to kind of Max Ahrens at the start of the window, of course, a really like Premier League experienced, although he's still young, but a really exciting kind of young player uh, coming from within England as well. It's already got help to Norwich get promoted. Then the links kind of started to go down a little bit to players at the level of, say, Ezeki Celik at Lille. And now we're hearing kind of more out there targets like uh, Amulda from, from Sassuolo. How do you feel about the right back position and how do you feel about Arsenal's kind of pursuit of that position so far yeah it's it's a bit strange i kind of feel like we're working a bit backwards because we were targeting right back very heavily at the beginning of the window 
and we were focusing on it. And then next moment, the like you said, the talk went down, and then we signed a cent. Well, now we're in talks with a centre back, which mm. I thought we were covered in, but I'm not. I'm not against getting a centre back. And now we're hearing links with left backs, but still not really much on the right back. So it feels like we're trying to cover places we already have players in instead of going for what we really need, which is right back, midfielders, attacking midfielders, and I feel a striker as well. So I I would prefer, well, I would have done it last season. I would have um, sold it Bellerin and got Aaron's if it was, if it was possible. But yeah. I would prefer us doing it this season. But I don't know. We need a we need someone that can start for us. And I don't think Chambers Chambers is doing well, but not. I don't think he's the go-to guy. Like we need yeah. a proper right back that can defend and attack. With like, I forgot the guy's name from the Netherlands that played yesterday. Dumfries. Yeah, Dumfries. Like he plays well. Well, he played well in that game, but. He's he's good on attack, but I don't know how good his defense is. And I think we need a guy that can do both, especially yeah. defense. But yeah, if maybe if we go for five at the back, maybe Dumfries is not a bad option. But uh, I wouldn't go for him. My my favorite was Hakimi, but that was also just that was always just a dream. <laughs> I think we'd all love Hakimi. That'd be absolutely wonderful yeah. if we ended up getting him. I mean, it's interesting because you talk about systems there. And Hakimi, for me, was very much someone who plays as a right wing back. Defensively, there are a few more questions about his game, but the level that he is at, and, and that it would have been a real improvement on what we've got already. And the thing about Dumfries, and I, I talked about this today, and it's my tweet drew quite a lot of attention, if you saw on social media, uh, which is completely fair enough. But in my view, like if you look at what Dumfries has done, say, across the Euros, and I put a tweet out about kind of how his stats compare against Chambers. Now, I'm well aware of the fact that you can't really assess a player off four games. And I would, it's something that I'm very kind of passionate about, the fact that you should always look across a, a long period of time before making a conclusion on a player. The reason why we actually use the four games as statistics is because it was those four games which really kind of boosted his profile amongst a lot of the Arsenal fan base from his perspective. So when you compare those statistics from those four games and compare that to Chambers' 10 games that he played at right back last season... And to see how Chambers outstrips him in so many areas, playing a right-back position, not just a wing-back position, but having to do the defensive job, having to do the attacking job as well, it does tell me that, like, wow, it, it, stats can really show you a difference between two players. And people will talk about the, the eye test. But for me, an, an eye test obviously is very insular. It can be biased. And you can only see so much of a player's game without necessarily taking into account all of the different metrics which the stats allow you to have a look at. Dumfries stats across PSV are actually better than those four games he showed uh, for the Euros. But comparatively to Chambers, we just need someone who's more of an upgrade. Like Dumfries is an okay player. I'm not saying he's bad. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying that the point is, Vinny, is that when we're going to try and upgrade upon the right-back position, for me... That's a real area of the pitch that Arsenal should be looking for kind of the Thomas Partey transformative levels of change in that area. I agree 100%. And I think as Kian says, well, I completely disagree with Kian when he said about keeping better in. <laughs> tie him in a bag and throw him off a bridge if we have to. <laughs> Jesus. I, can't, I can't stand Bellerin. I want him gone. But but for me, if you if we're going to buy a right back, there's no point in buying a player who isn't much better. Ch Chambers... Yeah. Chambers does a solid job. And as you said, for me, right, right back is a position that could really change the way in which we play. If you look at how we attack down the left every time, Tierney's lethal going forward. Every time we get the ball out on the left, you know that a decent ball is going to go into the box. Whereas like Ch Chambers gets forward, but he hasn't got that blistering pace or he doesn't put fear into defenders when he's attacking them. And I think it'd be good to have a right back who can do the same as Tierney on the right hand side, who can get forward, put a decent ball in and really create some chances. But mm. that player like Dumfries doesn't do it for me. It needs to be a significant upgrade on what we've got. Or there's no point in going out and buying a right back. It needs to be a proper upgrade. If not, just keep Chambers and mm. Cedric maybe as backup. But for me, Cedric's not good enough. And Eva's Bellerin and we need to get rid of both of them and bring in a quality yeah. right back.
and, and picking up on the kind of a Cedric point, something that we always have touched upon is the need to kind of move on for me as many of the Kia Jurabchin clients as, as feasibly possible. And, and, and Cedric certainly falls into that category. We've moved on David Louise. We're told that Willian is, well, we're told that he's a hundred percent certain to leave this window. There's, there's no link so far at him going. So we'll, we'll wait and see if that turns out to be true. Um, but that would be two off. So Cedric would really be the final piece. But then you've got Edu is obviously still very much linked with, with Kia and you'd hope that maybe we could disconnect that. But that's that's all down to his prerogatives. Um, Kian, then, when it when it comes on to kind of the the, the centre-back position, obviously this this Ben White deal looks like it's, it's nearing kind of, uh, I, I want to say a completion stage without sounding kind of too ITK about the whole thing. But it does seem to be moving in the right direction. And fingers crossed Arsenal can get this one kind of done. There is a lot of confidence in, in kind of the official reports that are coming out about it, that it's, it's edging ever closer. Um, but for you, I just want to get kind of your brief thoughts, and I don't want to touch on him too much because we have talked about him a lot, but is, is he a signing that you're happy with? Are you happy to see Arsenal going with this kind of figure for an English homegrown talent, 23 years of age, played in the Premier League, really liked by the fans of the clubs that he's played for? Or would you have liked to have seen, say, that money spent elsewhere if you think anyway that that money now can't be spent elsewhere or maybe you think otherwise but let me know i i think ben white's an incredible signing not not gonna lie hearing from leeds fans hearing from brighton fans like i think he's incredible um and again he's an english uh player so i to me i think william saliba i know there's a lot of people out there wishing that he was playing that he should have been given a chance to start but when it comes to William Saliba, I'm worried that Pepe's got me so worried about people coming from France. Um, and I think it might take a little bit longer. And that's why I'm happy that um, Arsenal are stepping up for Ben White. Um, and I think the fact that he can play CDM as well, uh, he can fit in with Partey or for Partey when the African Cup of Nations comes. Um, so I think I think he's a fantastic signing. I think he's going to be one of the players that will really shine next year. Um, so yeah, no. I when it comes to the price tag, he is English, so it's always going to be bumped up a little bit, especially when we see holding for thirty million. Um, mm. I think that's a bit a bit That'd too be a much. Miracle. As well. <laughs> that's yeah, yeah. That's that's the thing, is and to be fair, I think it's a better deal, fifty million, than it is eighty million for Harry Maguire. I think, like taking it all into accounts, I think this deal is very understandable. Um, but then again, as Vinny said, right back, sorry, and yourself, I think right back is one of those marquee signings that we need. Uh, same as another midfielder. Uh, I know we get there's likes of Lukanga who looks to be done. But we need another big name. And again, for me, Madison is a centre attack midfield that I would love to see come in. So, mm. yeah, you got I'm happy with Ben White. Yeah, I mean, sticking with kind of that trailer thought and segue nicely, that Ludwig, we've not really kind of focused on the on the attacking midfield area. And I looked at last season, I'm trying to identify kind of the main issues of the team. Great defensively, like one of the best defensive records in the league. And in the second half of the season, whilst we did score goals thanks to Smith Rowe's arrival and, and kind of hit, Lacazette did improve in his form as well. But the defensive record stayed pretty strong and obviously we ended the season really well. But a lot of that was down to the introduction of also Erdegaard's kind of presence in the team and, and his kind of additional support to that area of the pitch along with Smith-Rowe. And yet the focus has very much been on the centre-back position, the defensive midfield Lakonga kind of option coming in. And now it seems there's a focus on the two full-back areas. So is it worrying for you in a way that Arsenal aren't being more proactive in that area in a sense? Yeah, I'm, it's looking like we're bullying from the back or something. Mm. Like we're starting at the we back. Did for Buendia, obviously. That, that did happen. Yeah, but I don't know how serious we were about it because, yeah. I mean, the difference between 30 and 35 is not, well, it's not my money, so I can say it's not that big, but I I would have liked if we got an Odegaard. I do like Odegaard, but when the Madison links popped up, I was like, okay, I'd rather Madison than Odegaard because he also scores goals from the midfield that we really need. And... The the only problem I have if we don't strengthen in the attacking midfielder role is Emil Smith Rowe does have a record of getting injured. 
So if he mm. gets an injury, we're back to square one where we were at the beginning of last season where we don't have an attacking midfielder and then we have to put stop gaps in and then we're probably going to play like Pepe or Saka and other players into that role. But yeah, so I really do think we need an extra cam and maybe even a starting cam that can um, uh, rotate with Smithrow and Smithrow can play out on the left and we can rotate, rotate these players because everyone's saying like, we don't have enough games this season. But if we do well this season, we might have the games next season. Europa League, hopefully not Conference League, or maybe even UEFA, the Champions League. So I would like us see I would like to see us signing Madison. I think we need a player like that. I think we need someone that can score from midfield. But I'm a bit pessimist pessimistic about it and I don't think we're gonna get Madison. <laughs> Yes, I, I think I'm on, on your side there. I, I think the price tag, as the Athletic report today, is, is probably going to put off Arsenal pretty much. You're looking upwards of around 70 million quid minimum, I think, for that kind of signing. And, and Leicester, when they sell a player, get the money that they want. So it's, it's something that we need to take into account. Go on, yeah, have you I, I, say something? Go on. Do you think the 70 would be worth it for Madison? I do think it is a price that we should pay for him, but... Mm. I don't think we will. Looking that we're spending money on left back and right oh, and centre back and oh, yeah, centre back. I don't see us signing upwards of 150, 200. I just don't see us signing, uh, paying that much money this winter. Vinny, you were shaking your head there about the 70 million for Madison. Do you not? Is that not what you'd want to see Arsenal go for? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure if he's a 70 million pound player, but that's a hell of a lot of money for. Uh, it made me laugh that people shook their head at Odegaard for 50 million when he's younger than Madison, quality player, and I, I would have loved to have had him back in the team. Mm. Um, but no, no Mad Madison is a decent player. I wouldn't complain if we got him in. I'd rather him than Buendia. Um, but but 70 million is a lot of money. I think what was quite interesting before we were talking about um, that we're looking at defenders, I, th I think... Uh, earlier on in the the transfer window, I said we didn't need a centre-half and I was pretty much against it. But the more I think about it, having a player like Ben White who gets the ball out of defence and can transition the ball forward seamlessly and is pretty much like a midfielder. Like When, when we played against Leeds in, in the Cup, it was mm. one of the last games I went to live, he was insane. Just how he dropped deep every time the keeper gave him the ball and he just brought the ball forward. And I think... Lukonga's an interesting purchase as well. And I don't think he's going to start every game, but he's very good at coming and getting the ball out of the defence. And it may help us to attack better. The fact that we can go and get the ball off the defence, bring it forward a lot quicker, um, rather than playing through like a holding or through a Gabriel who isn't as comfortable on the ball. Yeah, I think it's a really good point you raise about, and it, I don't know if anyone's seen it, but Tifa had done a video, I think it was Alex Stewart that did it, the video of why Arsenal are looking at Ben White and why they're looking at him specifically. It's a really good breakdown. I mean, it puts my tactical breakdowns to shame, to be honest, but they're, they're a lot wealthier than I am to make with the tech that they've got. So there you go. I'm desperately trying to look for some better software for that sort of thing. But when, the thing is, when it comes down to the type of player, it's for me all about style and it's about mentality. And those two things are really key for Arsenal at the end of the day is you need the the style of player that's going to fit the system and you need the mentality of player that's going to kind of sort out the, the dressing room side of things as well. And the Arsenal's mentality has been, obviously, as we know, rather weak of, over the last decade or so. So it is something that needs to change. Um, we did touch upon Key and Smith-Rowe and I want to spend a little bit of time talking to all of you guys about kind of the Smith-Rowe situation with, with Aston Villa because it, it has got Arsenal fans back up, it's fair to say, that the, the whole of our Aston Villa bidding for, for Smith-Rowe. Now, when the initial bid went in, I, I remember writing about the, the situation saying why Arsenal fans should take this situation quite seriously and actually not really turn their nose up at the fact that Aston Villa are going in for him. Now, I wasn't saying that we should be considering selling him. It was more about the fact that a club that see us now as one of their main rivals, we may not as Arsenal fans, because we want to be back in that top four at a minimum. But Aston Villa certainly see Arsenal as a side that they feel have a chance of overtaking and taking their place as one of the main competitors for that top four, as their new owners have certainly given the financial might to be able to do that. But they have returned with a second bid of £30 million, which, of course, was immediately rejected. And James Benj even reports that it would take, a, they wouldn't even consider a fee nearly triple that. So 
that's great. But at the end of the day, Kian, he still hasn't signed his contract. Um, and we're still waiting for that news to come through. Although, did someone just say in the chat that he's just signed a new deal? Because if he has, that's hilarious. But I will check that while you're talking, Kian. But tell me about um, it. May just yeah, it's just <laughs> it's Lucas a joking. He's coming to Villa, you clowns. He probably got me then. <laughs> I'm gonna let you stay. For, I'm gonna let you stay. You utterly got me. You full on got <laughs> me there, Lucas. So fair play to you, sir. Um, when it comes down to kind of that that second bid and the situation with them going for him, Arsenal, as I was saying, still haven't categorically tied him down to a new contract yet so how do you feel about the whole situation with with esr right now right i'm gonna be 100 honest here i'm actually happy they did make the bid because we know how slow arsenal are we know how slow they are to renew contracts and because they've put money in i think it'll kind of speed them up a little bit and say okay people want this player let's tie him down to a contract because we don't want to lose him um and it also kind of shows where Aston Villa are in the sense of where history-wise we're we're on the biggest clubs in England, but our step down at the moment and the way we are acting as everyone knows, wanting Stan Stan Kroenke out, like I kind of am happy Villa are doing it because it it might give Arsenal the kick up the backside to actually go get the players, prove that we want to be bigger than Villa and get the player or keep the players that we want that we have made as our hail end boys and keep them because they're our young boys and we want to show what Arsenal's all about i think it's really important that arsenal continue the trend of what we've seen with uh, obviously we've seen holding and Aubameyang sign new deals but we've also seen Saka we've seen Martinelli I mean even Joe Willock signed one a couple of years back um, which obviously means that we've, we've got a good negotiating situation with him in Newcastle um, we're looking like hopefully we can get Smith Rowe we've just signed Tierney up to a new contract Balogun was able to get done too there's lots of good stuff when it comes down to contracts over the last kind of couple of years or so and you haven't really seen that the Arsenal's of the 2010s were a team which always lost its top, top players. And at the moment, we have, whilst our position in the league has certainly gone down, one of the things we have been able to change is, is trying to keep hold of these new kind of situations. Um, it is important, obviously, when you think about players and, and, and targeting certain players that we are in attacking the field, that that is going to impact how Smith-Rowe will see his future. So it doesn't surprise me that there are a couple of issues right now with that contract negotiation because his agent's going to be sitting there going, look, they're going for like a 50 million quids attacking midfielder. Where are you going to get your games from? And, and Smith-Rowe will be considering that. And he, he's completely fair and mature to consider that situation. I think a lot of the time Arsenal fans find it difficult to separate being an Arsenal fan and an Arsenal employee of the club and that situation they've got to deal with. So we need to be patient. I would, if I was, a, as I always say, as if I was a better man and I'm not, I would be inclined to, to, to lean towards the side of him signing the new deal over leaving. It would make the most sense. I think it will be one that eventually happens. But it's, there's always that open kind of side of things to it. Ludwig, I'm interested to get your thoughts, mate, on this this kind of situation with, with Smith-Rowe and, and mainly kind of the social aspects because it has blown up Arsenal Twitter. I know you say you're not on Twitter too much and you wouldn't have seen it, but I'm sure you've seen it in the Discord server, how people are talking about it. What do you make of kind of the reaction and kind of the, initially the, the very much the, the scoffing of it, but just going, oh, it's Villa, he's not going to go there. We don't need to worry about it. It's delusional, it's silly to bid. And now they, they are continually pressing for, for this deal. So how did you feel about kind of the social aspect of how this deal's made the, the fan base react? I think I think the main thing that people remember is that Villa was like one refereeing decision away from actually relegating. And I think that's why a lot of people are just like, it's just Villa. We don't care about them. But it is a bit scary because for most of the season, they were above us. They did play good. But I think they will be losing Grealish. And I think that's going to hit them a little bit hard. So I think that's why they're coming for players like Smithrow because they need mm. they did get Bindia, but they might need a little bit extra in that area. But uh, I'm frustrated with Arsenal. I can understand why fans are frustrated with Arsenal and not by not signing him on. I mean, for some players you can have excuses like they're at Euros or they're Copa America and there's different excuses. But I mean Smithrow is maybe he's on vacation, maybe that's the reason, but I don't understand why we're not completing the deal, so I'm a bit frustrated with them as well. 
uh, it is a bit irritating that it's taking so long. So, yeah, but we might have to be scared of Villa if they don't sell Grealish and they do get the transfers they want. Mm. And if it goes bad for Arteta the first few games and we don't sack him, we might have a problem on our hands with Villa. Nice. Villa will strengthen. That's what we know. They've got a decent squad already. They've got, a, I mean, a Brazilian international midfield, a, a hundred million pound player in the wing that they may or may not still have next season. If they don't have him, they will spend that money and try and replace him as best they can. They're going for Smith Rowe. They've obviously got Ollie Watkins. They've signed Buendia. And they've got a very good defence as well. Matty Cash looked like an inspiring signing for them last season. I imagine they'll probably improve uh, their left-back area. They may improve their centre-back area too. They've got a, a wonderful goalkeeper, annoyingly. Um, <laughs> of course, we would kill to have back at the Arsenal now. Um, and it's it's a situation that we, we do need to not scoff at, not turn our noses up at and not be naive about because Villa will be pushing Arsenal next season um to take our place and that's why this transfer window for us is is really the most important it's ever been as we say every single summer let's go to the chat box then and answer some of your questions we're going to take a few of your uh, questions from the chat so if you have got something you would like to know the answer to or get the guys thoughts on then start throwing them into the chat box now and we'll go through as many of them as we can uh, we're going to start off with oliver's vinny who says do you see us playing a 4-3-3 or 4-2-3-1 with occasional three at the backs next season. It's basically how do you see us playing with that formation next season? It obviously depends who we sign in midfield. Um, because if we don't sign an attacking midfielder, it may be that Willock plays and we play a 4-3-3. Mm. Um, but I, I see us playing a 4-2-3-1. I see us signing a player to go alongside party, similar to Lakonga who can come in, get the ball off of the defence and help us attack. But I... I don't. I don't think we'll be playing a three at the back very often. I think we're going to move forward with four at the back now going forward, and especially where you've got um, a centre back in white who can take the ball out of defence, and maybe Saliba, if he's given a chance, can take the ball out of defence and help us build from the back. Yeah, I think it's ultimately a, a key kind of area is is going to be the midfield, as you say, dependent on the signings he'll be bringing in. Um, Lukonga's a really interesting one, not one we've really touched upon too much today, but he, for me, is, is not a starter immediately. He's someone that can rotate in and play in certain games, and I think that has the capacity to be a, a real good starter for us in the future, and we'll have to see. Um, Russ Morgan says, Kian, do you see Abamyang? Uh, I'm trying to find the question again. Do you see Abamyang getting back into top form uh, of the kind of the Aubameyang that we've seen in the past? Or do you think those struggles that you saw last season will continue into the new campaign? I think he's, I think we'll get Aubameyang back next year. Um, personally, I feel like he's working from the videos he's showing, he's working hard. He's constantly out his back uh, doing fitness. He's training with the French, um, am I right saying the under 21s I think or something Greece over there? under 21s or something. It's, it's, not, it's, it's a, a Greece, Greece team sorry, yeah. or something. Greece. Yeah, he's out in Mykonos, which is, I mean, yeah, good yeah, thing. Yeah. Enough, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. enjoying himself. And to be fair, like, you got to take into consideration, we know Aubameyang's a vibey type player. So missing the fans is a huge thing for him. Um, fans being back, obviously everything that's malaria, um, his mom having whatever illness she had where she was close to passing away. You've got to take all these in things into consideration. And yeah, like so much going through his head. you got to think Aubameyang will be back. Um, I would start him up front. Um, and that's why I'm kind of leaning, not prioritizing the striker role. Um, like the Calvert Lewins or um, whoever else we're going for, because there's so many at this stage. Um, yeah. And I would, again, I, I think he'd be incredible with the likes of Saka playing the way he's playing, especially in the Euros as well. Um, if we do get a Madison or a Smith Rowe, and for me, I want to see Martinelli on the left hand side. Uh, he's he's well able to run at people, and it will give Aubameyang that kind of little bit of ease, the fact how energetic Martinelli and Saka are to kind of stay forward a little bit and uh, just wait for the ball to come to him and we know how good he is at finishing when he does get the chance. So, yeah, no, I think Aubameyang will be back next year. I hope you're right, mate. I really, really do. Uh, Andy Norton says, Ludwig, uh, what is your minimum expectation of the transfer window? So, uh what's the minimum that I'm going to say that if we did this, what you're about to tell us, you would be happy with that? 
the minimum that would make me happy uh, i would i would have given my pessimistic view but the minimum that would make me happy is probably a decent right back someone like aaron's because i really think we need to strengthen in the right back position um and then at least we maybe getting Lakonga. i don't think he's going to be the start for us but selling shaka we do need a decent central midfielder i think that's really important and then if we don't sell any of the strikers, we keep uh, Lacazette and Oba, then just uh, attacking midfielder. It doesn't necessarily have to be a top-class 70-mil player, but just someone that can fill in for Smith-Rowe if he does get injured and that can still do a decent job. But hopefully not someone that's too old, somebody that will still have a bit of sell-on value, someone that can compete with Smith-Rowe. But that would be fun. I would even be fine if we did not get Ben White. I do like us getting Ben White, but if we did not get him, I wouldn't be too upset. Uh, Matt Thornton says, looks like Saliba has been told to go on another loan, being reported by Simon Jones. Think it's a joke. And I'm just checking that while Ludwig was talking there. And uh, says, Newcastle are in a battle with French champions Lille to sign out of favour Arsenal defender William Saliba as the 20-year-old has been told to go and play another season of regular football. Arteta originally told Saliba that he didn't believe he was ready for Arsenal's first team and the planned signing of White would indicate that remains very much the case. Opportunities will be limited at Arsenal, while Saliba would be an almost automatic pick at Newcastle. Vinny, what's kind of your reaction to that and seeing him going out on loan? I think it'd be silly to let him go out on loan again. I think he needs to come in and be given a chance. I think it, you have a squad over a season. And for me, I want to see White and Gabriel starting for us as centre-half. And then Saliba can get the chances. He can be like our key own for, from when we were the invincibles and have that player in the background who can come in and do a job. Um, especially if you're being offered decent money for holding. Like, I like holding as a defender. I think he's quite solid. He gives you a, a solid game every game. He doesn't do anything special, but this is the time to bring Saliba in and give him a chance. And if you don't, we're going to get into a problem with him because he's potentially going to want to move on and look for another club. And he's going to run his contract down the, the the one thing I will say is people need to be patient with him because he's only what twenty years old. Yeah. How 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 many centre halves play in the Premier League who are twenty years old? A, a defender matures. That's really yeah. And it. Yeah, yeah. Not many players do. The defenders generally play when they're aged a bit and they they fill out a little bit and get their man strength and stuff like that. So I think people need to be patient with it. I haven't him, seen that all... stat much. Man strength. Man I'm going to look out for that statistic, yeah. <laughs> uh, you, 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 you definitely fill out when you get into your early 20s. And mm. as a centre-half, you need to be a big, strong boy when you're playing in the Premier League. Uh, I mean, sticking with the Saliba thing, uh, Kian, Brad Richardson says, do you think Saliba going to the Olympics is an excuse for Arteta not giving him chances early on? No, I don't think so. I think I, I I really think Arteta wants to give Saliba a chance in the sense of giving him a preseason. I think it was just the French team that wanted him because I'm right saying Canate pulled out because of a slight injury or something. So it could have been just a panic last minute take Saliba. And the fact that he was in the team of the season for the French league last year, you kinda need to say, yeah, the French side if they can take their best players, obviously Saliba will go. I don't think it was Arteta's choice. Uh, speaking of managers and Saliba, uh, Ludwig Matt Thornton says, if, a, if Arsene Wenger or Unai Emery were still in charge, do you think Saliba would have been given the opportunity? I think it's clear that Arteta doesn't want him or rate him. I think it would, if I think if it was still Emery, he definitely would have gotten the chance because, I mean, he is an Emery signing and he, Emery definitely saw something in him that Arteta maybe does not see. I don't think... Emery might not have been as strict as Arteta with players speaking out and things like that. Maybe, I don't want to say we have to trust Arteta, but maybe there is something. Trust the process, bro. <laughs> yeah, trust the process. But maybe maybe there is something in the back. Well, I kind of hope there is something in the background that gives Arteta his reasons because if there's nothing else that we don't know about I think it's just very poor from the manager and from the club the way we've handled the entire situation. So I'm not I'm not really happy 
with how we handled it. I don't think we have we've been open enough on what has happened because if if we know everything and that's how we handled it, then it's bad. But if there is something extra behind the scenes that maybe Saliba did some things they don't like, maybe he's just really not performing in practice. But from stories we have heard, that's not really the case. So mm. I'm not sure what's going on with the Saliba thing. Maybe it is a, a Don Raul thing. Maybe it's something tied with that. I hope yeah. not, but yeah, I, I would like to see him stay. I would like to stay and play for us. Yeah, and if so he does go to a Premier League team. Yeah, and that's I was about to, that's the point I was going to pick up on is that we were talking about there the story is Lille and Newcastle are battling it out. For me, it should be Arsenal's priority if you're sending him out on loan, go to a Premier League team. You've done your two years in France. You've done it at that level. You got into the team of the season after six months. If there's anything that's going to convince Arteta that you're ready, it's going to Newcastle and play. What well, he's saying that is, we'll go and sell Joe Willett now and prove that theory wrong. But if there's, there's anything that's going to really give an indication that you are ready, it's playing a full season with Newcastle in the Premier League, a, a team that we know from the past enjoys bringing in the odd French player and also doing really well or being found out and Arteta being kind of justified in that early sense. And it may be that he's, he's not yet ready to be an our starter, but at least we'll have some much better idea. At least Arsenal fans will genuinely be able to see him week in, week out. Because let's be real, while we like to think that everyone as much as possible has seen how good Saliba's been for Nice, that isn't the reality. Yet, if he plays for Newcastle, it's a lot more accessible for Arsenal fans to then see him play in the Premier League week in, week out and, and see how he actually is. And we can have a better idea overall how ready he will be. The issue is, for me, if we send him out on loan, if there's no kind of extension, he comes back with two years left on his contract. I mean, we're seeing the difficulty now trying to sign up Emil Smith-Rowe, who's got two years left, a guy that we would think is fully committed. If we're struggling with this, imagine the, the situation we find ourselves struggling to try and sign Saliba down to an extension. So I think that's something that definitely needs to be considered. If we just scroll down and get some of the newer questions that are coming in uh, into the chat. There's lots of you in here today. There's over 200 of you while the Spain game is going on. So I appreciate you guys tuning in still. Please drop a like on the video if you're enjoying it and subscribe if you are new. Uh, Landras asks a very simple question, Vinny. Just says, who are we signing, mate? Or who are we buying? Who, who are we going to get, mate? <laughs> Tell me the inside knowledge. <laughs> ben White, Laconga. <laughs> this Portuguese kitty, whatever his name is, I, 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 I do. We've got to sign more than one centre midfielder. Uh, like we, we can't go into the season with literally only Party and Lacanga. I think that would be suicidal. But um, so I, I can see us signing at least one more centre mid, um, and probably a right back, and mm. maybe a cam. But centre mid for me needs to be our priority. We. We can't go into a season as weak in centre mid as we was last year. And I think that's what cost us big time last year. That Having players like Sabios, who just completely flopped last year in centre mid, really, really hurt us. If we had a solid centre mid, we would have been a lot better team. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll add you a second question because it was quite uh, vague. But uh, Jomo says, what do you think about the scenario where Arsenal just keeps Willock and, at centre midfield and keeps Ainsley for, for the right-back position? Uh, I really, really want Willock to be given a chance. Uh, mm. I, it, it drives me mad that Arsenal fans turn their nose up at him because he doesn't ponce around the pitch like Ozil used to be and he isn't one of these players who can just pick a pass from everywhere. We need different types of players in our midfield to give us different options. Um, Ainsley's a difficult one because I think Ainsley's got a bit of an attitude problem and got a bit too big of an ego. Like mm -hmm. I, I, I do, I don't mind him as a player, but he should have just played the position that he was given like Saka did. Saka was put at left back and Saka shone. When Mainsley was put at right back, all you heard, heard was moaning that he doesn't want to play out of position. I, I wouldn't if he didn't open his mouth earlier in the window. I would have been happier for Ainsley to stay and be like a bit part utility player because he would probably get a chance in midfield due to the African nations with party mm. going off, and he would have got opportunities. But for me, I think Ainsley's opened his mouth a little bit too much, and I do think he's going to be off. But Willock. 100% needs to be capped and given a chance. 
I don't know if anyone's seen the Unai Simon goal situation. I've not seen it yet, but I've seen a lot of people in the chat box saying that we need to see it. I'm actually just trying to find a clip of it now. Um, but someone in the chat box said, how good is he? He's actually a good goalkeeper. <laughs> He's a really good keeper for athletic clubs. So if he has an absolute howler, that is not representative of him as a player. Um, interesting, though, getting the thoughts there of, of kind of where we are in a situation. There are some other players that look like they are going to be on the way out, Kieran. One of them is obviously Granit Xhaka. Uh, again, Arsenal fans reacting pretty harshly to some of his comments um, about like where he sees his future. He says that, Arsenal know what I want and that he likes Rome. How do you feel about him saying those things? Because he, he kind of a few Arsenal fans didn't take to those comments too well. Let's be honest, I'm not surprised. Like he, he what he did against uh, Chelsea, it was no, it, was, it wasn't Crystal Chelsea, Palace. but when he got the armband, Palace threw on the floor. Uh, every time he scored, he kept going like this at the fans. I'm not surprised at all. Um, that doesn't mean he's not a good player. That doesn't mean that I'm thankful for him playing the way he played, uh, especially mm. this season. He did get us out of some bad mistake or bad uh, games, but he also made us in some really sticky situations, especially Burnley. Um, so, come on, like, to be honest, if somebody wants to leave him in Rome, leave him in Rome. I'm, I'm not disappointed, but I want, I want Basuma. I want Neves. I want somebody in that. Can is an upgrade and wants to play for Arsenal. I know everyone's saying that Xhaka uh, is their captain. Don't get me wrong, he is a leader. But I prefer Aubameyang as captain. I prefer Tierney as captain. And I know people. I said before, Aubameyang is not a captain. But Aubameyang hasn't thrown the captain's arm on the floor yet. Same as Ronaldo the other day. Come on, he's the best player in the world. But he threw the captain or captain's arm on the floor. Not not acceptable for me. Um, so yeah, I think Xhaka, good boy, God bless, and I see you soon. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's absolutely fine. I I think I understand Xhaka's frustration and his anger and why he wants to leave. He has been one of the most abused players at Arsenal for a long time. His family's been abused. His kids have been abused. Like there is so only so much, I suppose, that someone can take. And that obviously came to a head against Crystal Palace. And now he's he's wanting to move on. So I have no issues. I thank him for what he did at the club. But hopefully Arsenal can and move on and get an, an absolute upgrade on that position, which would be great. And so, yeah, sorry, Tom, um, just on that okay. point as well. Yeah. It's it's just the same as Hector Bellerin. Like again, I know I'm sticking off for him, but he's the no, type fine. that does not he he, John Grant Jack was planning his um, end earlier has... on in the show. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, but what I'm saying is, with when it comes to Hector Bellerin, he's quiet about it. He doesn't say anything badly about the fans. Okay, he said what he said about a certain uh, YouTube channel, but he sure. he didn't step out about. He didn't do anything on the football pitch about, uh, like he played every game for the badge. He didn't do it because of what fans are saying about him, and that's why I feel about. How I feel about Jacker. Yeah, that's fair to, enough. To, um, be, to be fair, I cool. was joking about. Uh, yeah, I know you were joking. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna have to time out one of my guests. This is a first. <laughs> but, but I, I think, like with Jacker, the amount of abuse he's got, like I would have have been as nice as he's been about leaving. I would have probably bit back just yeah. as hard. And to be fair to Bellerin, he has been classy all the way through and what he said about a certain TV channel I agree with him <laughs> <laughs> oh, TV's a bit flattering um, finally moving on to uh, our last question which I'm looking for um, Thomas Shelby I don't, Coutinho's not coming mate you can stop asking <laughs> I have no idea what you're on about um, let's see Rich Cosford says Tom some of our fans are so reactionary they see Schick doing well for the Czech Republic and want to sign him up because he's uh, but he's championship level. I think that's a little bit harsh. I think he certainly is like Bundesliga level when he's doing a decent job there. But Ludwig, what, to kind of finish off the show, what, what have you made of kind of the, the reaction to some of the performances at the Euros? You mentioned Dumfries earlier on for the Netherlands. Schick's been another one. What have you made of kind of the microcosm of the Euros affecting how people kind of look at players? It's it, I, it's strange. I even made a joke yesterday on the Discord that suddenly we're going to be linked to Torgan Hazard after he scored one goal to put Belgium yeah. through. Uh, I, mean, I, would take I don't him. know. That's that's a different story. <laughs> I would I would certainly take him. Yeah, uh, I would as well. But I think the I think the main problem is you, 
most people only watch the Prem. We don't maybe highlights from other leagues, maybe just like a few of the teams we follow. We don't really see these players game in, game out. So when we suddenly see them doing well at the Euros, we don't know what their normal form is like. Maybe they're just going through a purple patch with the Euros. But I think a lot of people are just like, hey, this guy is good. I don't know him. He's probably cheap. Let's just get him. Where mm. if you actually look at his form and his stats over the entire season, it might not be as good like you should have done freeze and those types of things. So I, I, don't, I don't think it's a good thing just to sign a player based on Euros. I think that would be a fool's errand to do that. We have to see how he actually fits in with the team and how... But maybe even the Euros can be an indication of how good the player can be mm. if he is in the correct setup. So maybe there is merit to see how they're doing. But it's just funny to see after a player does one, performs once, suddenly Arsenal's linked to him because like Arsenal's linked to everyone always. So Yes, they are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That is the transfer window. That's that's what makes my job so difficult. <laughs> it's actually but when it's, I was... Go on, go on, yeah. It's strange because I don't really see the other clubs being linked to that many players. Maybe it's only because I follow the Arsenal transfer window yeah. more closely, but I don't see the other clubs being linked to, like, everybody and their mother. So... <laughs> yeah, no. I, I do strange. think there's a bit of both, to be honest. I think it's a bit of only us really focusing on Arsenal... Um, and, and not, I think that's also one of the reasons why people perceive kind of like the, the media perception of Arsenal being different is because we so vehemently watch and follow Arsenal that it comes across in that sense. I do feel there is a little bias against Arsenal now and again, but but yeah, go on, Levick. But that's something else I was always also thinking about. Like, a lot of people are very negative about the moves that Arsenal has made and the players we have signed, but none of the other big clubs have really made any signings either. I know uh, Liverpool signed uh, a centre-back. but mm, Canate. Yeah, Canate. And the other clubs haven't really. I mean, Tottenham, Tottenham's still searching for a manager. I hope they never find one. <laughs> um, yes, and, but like City, they've made bids, but they haven't really signed anyone. All these other clubs, I think things are going to pick up after the Euros. Well, I hope it will. Uh, yeah. I hope it will for Arsenal. But I think we have to wait till the end of Euros or maybe the Copa America just to see actually some movements because other clubs haven't really, the transfer market hasn't really gotten kickstarted yet. Yeah, I agree with you. I think there's a lot more to talk about this window. There's a long, long way to go. We've got the whole of July and August still left of it. Uh, joyous times, over 60 8am shows still to go. It's a scary thought. Anyway, that does bring us to the end of today's show. Uh, a massive thank you to everyone that's joined us in the chat box today. You've been absolutely awesome. Fantastic questions as always. Please drop a like on the video and I'll let you get back to watching the Spain-Croatia game. A huge thank you to my guest today. First of all, Vinny, always a pleasure to have you on, mate. Absolutely. No, thank you very much for having me on. And I think, say to everyone, just relax a little bit and stop being as reactionary as we are. I think you it, can't it's, tell them that, mate. It's uh, not going to work. <laughs> it, I, I think pe people, uh, we're all worried about transfers and it's constantly on our mind because we watch your shows every morning and we're constantly talking about it. But I think mm -hmm. people just need to relax a little bit. Even this stuff with Saliba, just relax a little bit and see what happens because it's going to yeah. take time. It's going to take time. We've still got till August. Let's see what happens mid mid July and if we're not buying anyone then then start panicking and throw your toys at the plant pram. <laughs> if I can do 55 8am transfer daily shows and I've still not lost my mind surely you guys can just you know keep calm just for the second. Um Kean always a pleasure to have you on mate and uh, get to talk about Bellerin of course uh, defend his position. Yeah. Um, fingers crossed he gets a good move eh. <laughs> yeah yeah no well Again, as I said in the last show of the season, we look forward to seeing where he does go. I'll get his jersey wherever he goes. Um, but yeah, just <laughs> for all the rest of you, I, I don't care who wins the Euros, but good luck to England tomorrow. Um, I do think that if you do lose to Germany tomorrow, Ben White will be an Arsenal player on Wednesday. But uh, yeah, good luck to it. I will be drinking for it and yeah, enjoy. It's coming home, mate. It's coming home. There's no nothing about Germany. Nothing about Germany winning, mate. It's coming home. So we need to focus. So we need to focus on. That's it. That's all you need to focus on. Um, yeah, thank you, Kia. Much appreciated, time, son. And finally, absolutely brilliant um, debut, Ludwig. Uh, really, really good insight. You you smashed it like a pro. Like you've been on a million times. So thanks ever so much for coming on, mate. 
Thanks. Yeah, it was good. Um, I'm also hoping England wins. Most of my fellow countrymen really hate you guys. <laughs> <laughs> they don't want you guys to win, but me and Sasha are some of the few guys that actually want England to win. Nice. So yeah, we're hoping for that. And yeah, thanks for having me on. It was really fun. No problem, mate. No problem at all. Um, oh, and find... so go on, yeah. Sorry for sounding at the beginning like the commentator from the other game with my. Fine, <laughs> we sorted it out. I was on it. We sorted it. It was like uh, Bane from Batman at one point, but it was all good. <laughs> really appreciate your time, mate. All fantastic. Make sure you give some love to my guests in the chat box, guys. They've been fantastic. And we will see you a little bit later on today, 7 o'clock, so literally an hour's time for the next show to do a dedicated tactical breakdown on Nuno Tavares. Uh, really interested to see how he stacks up against the likes of Tierney and Kalasnac and Josh Duig as well uh, to see how he compares statistically to those guys. So make sure you tune in for that. Again, we'll see you again very, very soon. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.